I'm gonna make him an offer again. I love the smell of come in the morning. Go ahead. Make my day. Start that shit. <laughs> okay, okay. We got it going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Steven. Yes. You Ray. saw Evil you saw Evil Dead? I did. It was called Tidal Wave. Oh jeez. Oh, oh, no. oh. oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> Ooh. But seriously. <laughs> no, I did see it. Um okay. How would I describe my experience with Evil Dead? Um Okay, quick and dirty version. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was not bad for an update. Okay, I'll give it. I'll give it that. Clearly, it was. Um, it took some things in a little bit of a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and some of the reasons why they were in the cabin were a little different. You know, that kind of thing. Because um, it, this situation was primarily. Um, in the new in the new adaptation, it was they were trying to keep a friend who was on drugs keep her oh. clean for the weekend. Okay, so they all took her out to the cabin. It just um, sort of it just goes to show like how much times have changed since the first movie came out. Because like you know to set up a movie, you're just like here's a bunch of young people. They're gonna go to this cabin and party and have sex. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. They, cabin in the woods. Right. 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 Well, that's Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, well, I mean, Cabin in the Woods had it as a trope. You know, right. it was the trope of everybody's going to the right. you know, woods. Um, right. And this one, they had a reason, you know, because you can't just go to the woods to have a good time. Right. You can't just rent a cabin and a bunch of friends go anywhere. No. In this case, it was, we're going to rent a cabin and we're going <laughs> to steal our friend who is going through withdrawal and we're afraid that she's going to relapse. So we're just going to take her to the cabin so that, um, you know, she won't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and of course that's where they come across the Necronomicon and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and everything ensues. Now I will say they took, they took, um, the transformations and the demonology and all that kind of stuff, they took it and went crazy with yeah. it. I mean, I mean, I mean, they definitely reacted some of the, uh, or reinvented some of the more famous scenes. Like if you will remember in the first movie, um, one of the young ladies gets possessed by a tree fucking her. Right. Right. Okay. Well, in this one, they had, I mean, the tree got all up in it. <laughs> they were, it was, I mean, it was like, they didn't, you know, I guess, you know, um, special effects had not evolved to that point. <laughs> the point at which that they <laughs> choose to, to go the direction that they did in this movie. So mm-hmm. they took everything and kind of stepped it up a notch. Right. You know, um, 
where there was blood in the first movie, there was like three times the blood in this movie. Um, cool. You know, things like that. So they, they just, they, you know, they had a little bit of a different storyline, that kind of thing. Um, but they definitely pushed it to the next level. They wanted it to be the uh, gory, you know, uh, clearly they were, they were paying, they were paying homage to the original. Right. Um, without taking it to a completely different place. You know what I mean? So I give them credit for that. Um, they didn't, they didn't ruin it. You know, like a lot of the re- remakes have of late, um, they just kind of tried to bring it to the modern a modern audience and say, you know what, if you're going to come see this, it's going to be the goriest, grossest thing you're going to see in a while. And they so, definitely did that. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know how much research you've done into this movie, but I know, I know that they gave Sam Raimi. Um, writing credit, but it was more of like, a, hey, he wrote the first one, and that's what we've used as our inspiration for this. Inspiration. Right. Um, I think he's also got a producer credit, but I don't know if, do you know if he's actually did any producing work on this, or was that just a throwaway? Yeah, I think he actually did some producing on that. Yeah. I, you know what, I did not look into that, but I'm sure that I can find that out. Yeah. Uh, in the course of talking about something else, right? Yeah, Bruce Bruce Campbell was also a full producer too. Okay. Usually, you know, if they they didn't do much work, if they're considered like an associate or executive producer, right? Uh, but uh, Bruce Campbell, Sammy, <laughs> and Robert Taper were all were the three producers. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious yeah. about, and I didn't really know if he had actually had any direct. It's a, well, um, Ramey, Ramey and Campbell planned to make the remake, um, and Campbell said it wasn't really going to go anywhere, and it kind of fizzled out because fans negatively reacted to it, mm-hmm. the, fa- the thought of doing that. Um, so, But in, uh, let's see, it says, but in April 2011, Bruce Campbell said, we are remaking it, the script is awesome, it's going to kick some ass, you have my word, that kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so that's when it went there. Um, let's see. Uh, Diablo Cody was in the process of revising the script with Fidi Alvarez, who had been chosen as the director. And then uh, then they started announcing all the different people. So they, they don't really say specifically what they did, but they did say that um, Ramey and Campbell were you know, they spearheaded the remake, basically. Well, that's cool. They, they knew they, they shouldn't be the major ones doing it. They're, they're like, look, we want to do this. Let's find those people to do it and uh, help them do it. That's so, what the impression that I got from right. it. Right. So what would you tell, like, if you knew somebody was a super big, like, Evil Dead fan, would you, yeah. I mean, if they had would you recommend it? I'd say give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same movie. Right. Which is, I mean, which is clear. It's not an exact remake. Um, it's one of those ones where they remade it. This one was a well-made remake in the spirit of the original. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Um, I think the original was more groundbreaking right. at the time, clearly. Um, but this one is 
it's it's a respectful homage to the first movie. They just tried to take it to that little extra place, which I think people who like the first movie will appreciate. Right. You know, if you're if you're a pure horror fan and you really like the first one, you're not going to walk out of this one. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to go, okay, I see what they did. They just pushed it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they pushed it to that next level. Because yeah. the stuff that happened in the first movie doesn't scare people anymore, so right. they have to push it a little bit more. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, right. well, expectations have been raised. You know? Right. Exactly. So, so I think it was done. It was well. It was done in uh, the in good spirit, and it was very clear. To it would be clear to me that um, this was not done, or this was done in conjunction with the people who made the first movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? With, or with their inspiration and their their input, you okay. know what I mean. And so, I, so I, I would, you know, so I would, I give it an okay. I give it, a, I give it a really good effort. Um, and I say, you know, it's worth it's worth checking out if you like the first movie or the well, Evil Dead series as a whole. It's not as hokey, right? You know, well, and I think that of, that's. It's one of those that I was really looking forward to seeing, and for some reason, it just sort of dropped off my radar when it was out in the theater. So, yeah, yeah. The first, the first movie. I mean, the, I think the first Evil Dead though was, in my opinion, was more scary than the second one. The second one kind of started going off in a like comedic horror place, right? You know, and then, um, and then uh, once. Once that kind of happened, the mm-hmm. uh, Army of Darkness took it to more of right. a comedy horror place. Right, right. You know, it went from like horror to horror comedy to comedy horror. <laughs> you know, like, right. um, and then Bubba Hotep was just way crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the weird thing about the original Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 was I've always felt, it always felt like Evil Dead 2 was sort of like, his attempt to like, well, I got some things right and I wanted to do some other things. And cause it, it feels almost like it's a remake itself of the first right. movie. You know, it's so, so uh, that's sort of, it's to me, it's like, it should be evil dead one and then evil dead 1.2. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Rather than two. Yeah. Cause it so, kind of happens like right after the first one anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I've always felt that way, but that's good to know that they did a decent job. It's not very often that we get to sing any sort of phrase for remakes. Usually we're pretty boo-hiss on them. Yeah, but I, but I do think, like I said, I think the one thing that sets this apart is you can tell that there was an inspiration from the original the original makers. Right. And it wasn't just a, sure, remake it. It was sort of, a, you know, they, they were engaged in it. Okay. So it, it kept it pure. So I, I give them I give them credit for that, Sweet. you know. I say go see it. Sweet. So the other one, and I'm I'm jumping to yours mostly because we have some commonalities on our list here, um, uh, and we had a lot of previous discussion about uh, this movie, and uh, I'm just really really curious as to to how it turned out, which would be. G.I. Joe Retaliation. The movie, <laughs> the movie that was shot and then practically reshot it was released. Late um, April year. Yeah, it was a cheats fest. Yeah. Um, was it delicious cheese, though? 
It was okay. You know, it was. You know, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Okay. I didn't walk away from it. Like, is that? A, I hate it that we answer this. <laughs> so I didn't hate it. Um, but I remember the first one, kind of going, ugh. Like, I it just hurt after it took the, the shark pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the well, suits. they didn't. They didn't make it comedic. I think their biggest. I think their biggest flaw in that first one was having the Wayans brother in it and making it so cheeserific. Do you know what I mean? This one was not that cheeserific. Okay. Um, I, I mean, never, I never off, made it. I never made it all the way through the first one. I fell asleep. Okay. So. Well, yeah. this one, this one, um, this one takes it to a different place because it kind of goes into the newer. Um, the newer G.I. Joe Renegades kind of territory. Right, where there are us. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a huge, um, you know, there there's a huge um, base Oops. that's destroyed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and in that in the course of it, um, the Joes get blamed for causing it to happen. So mm-hmm. they kind of, they, they more or less become outlaws. Right. You know, and so it's them trying to restore their name Mm-hmm. Along with trying to figure out what's going on, the president is all behind it. But what you remember from the first movie is that Zartan took the president. Right. So you come to find out that Zartan has taken over as the president. Right. So he's leading all of this stuff. So so it definitely was connected to the first movie, but I think they took it to a different place. So, and I actually do think that it's kind of a perfect movie for The Rock. Yeah. You know, it's kind of his genre. You know what I mean? It kind of makes sense because he's a bit of a over-the-top character, and all the GI Joes are over the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in kind of that way, and um, I think it fit him well. So, so I can't, I can't say that I hated it. Um, would I want to run out and see it again? No, but there was a lot of nice eye candy in the movie. Yeah. How was how was the Bruce? Um, Bruce was okay. He's good. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of his thing too. Yeah. You know, if he's playing a military dude, mm-hmm. you know, or like a CIA agent, or uh, you know that kind of thing, that's kind of his gig. Was he in the movie a lot? Did he have a lot of screen time? Uh, he, he. Oh, good lord! Did he have a lot of screen time? I'm trying to remember. It's. Been, I saw this at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, like pretty much right after our show last season, last month. Right. Um, and he was in it a lot more this movie. Last time okay. he just kind of made a cameo. he made a kind of cameo more or less, but this one he was in it a lot, a lot more. So you can uh, see how little I watched the first one because I didn't even know he was in it. Oh, in this movie? No, in the first one. Oh, in the first. Oh, yeah, because he yeah, he did make a cameo in the first one. You're right. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was a different. It was definitely in a different place. So I, I, you know, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I still don't think that these movies have done the, the history of GI Joe justice. Right. You know, and that's hard for me to say because you know I don't even really think that Transformers have done the history of Transformers justice. But it's it's hard. It's really hard to, to transfer from. Uh, that sort of I think it's really hard to transfer from that sort of medium being a 
sort of revered uh, children's IP um, and bringing it from one medium to the other. I think it's hard to do successfully. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I, I would agree with you 100% because, right. you know, especially something so iconic, mm. you know, um, and, and they weren't just, they weren't just stories to kids. Mm-hmm. As a child of the '80s, who watched all that stuff, yeah. they weren't just stories to us. They were they were fables, right? You know, they were they were learning. You know, because you know, like, you know, on, there was always that half something the, at the end. Yeah, yeah, knowing is half the battle. You right. know, or you know that kind of stuff. Where um, there was always some kind of moral to the story, mm-hmm. and and I think it feels like when they do the movies. Um, it's just there for the action, right? And the you know, and the killing and the death and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, as kids, no one on GI Joe died, right? You know, what I mean, like it wasn't one of those kind of, you know, one of those where everybody's like the worst shot ever, right? Exactly. They were always using laser pistols, right? Right, right, right. So there was always like a different realm but you know in this one you know 200 people die in the first 10 minutes of the movie you know kind of, <laughs> you know and it, as you know and then they become renegades mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of like oh hey that takes it to a whole new place right you know so so um you know i if you're a purist of it just skip the whole gi joe movies in my opinion yeah. mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, if it came down to which one do I think is better for one or two, two is definitely better. Wow. Okay. Than one, definitely better than one. Well, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, that's 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 my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. All right. All right. Well, Steve, you've you have maybe given me a, a little more motivation to actually watch it <laughs> when it becomes I, I, available. I would rent it. I would rent it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rent it or stream it. I think you'll be fine. Right. Well, that's what I did. That's what I did for GI Joe. I streamed it on Netflix. Yeah, that was awful. But no, I. I, But this one, I think, this one, I think you'll like better because it's a little more. It's a little darker. You know what I mean? And I think, I think, I think we all kind of get into darker stuff. Right. You know. Right. Okay. So moving right along, now this is one that we both saw, um, and I'm really interested to hear what you have to say, and I, I'm sorry that you didn't get to see this yet, uh, Jeff, because, you know. Oh, it, it, I feel like I have, because I just listened to everything that talks anything spoilers about anything. So, <laughs> I, I, okay. For, the, for at least the, the next <laughs> two movies, I've at least been spoiled, but you know what? I don't care about spoilers. Oh, okay. I could read the entire script and I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to watch this in the movie. Okay. So, like everybody yeah. did with Game of Thrones last week. Right. So, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I still don't know what happened with Game of Thrones. Uh, I have not gotten up to the Red Wedding in uh, um, the books. I've been very slow reading on that because I've been distracted by some other books. Uh, but uh, I'm just like near the beginning of Storm or Sword. So. All right. Well, you know, not to segue too much into Game of Thrones territory here, but, you know, I, I'm sure everybody's seen the sort of uh, the animated. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say GIF because that's the way which it's. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> um, 
He's wrong, damn it. Oh, wow. He's, a, he's <laughs> the creator. He can say whatever he wants. Um, and, and you know what? We're just going to say whatever we want. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, so you've seen that with the, like the, the two women that are like freaking out and the guy's got like the sheepish grin on his face. Like, and it's like, haven't read the books, haven't read the books, read the books. And then, of course, there's like, you know, these compilation videos of reactions of people yeah. reacting. You know, and it's funny because it's totally something I would have done because this is one of those moments where, like, all of us that have read the books were like, we're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> we're like, is it happening? Is it almost there? Are we there? Are we there we yet? Were, Are we there? And then, ah! But we remember how we felt when we read it. I mean, I, w- I was physically angry reading the book. I stopped Dude, reading it. I was I was physically angry when Ned Stark died. Yeah. And that, that happens that, at the end of the first that, book. That didn't hit me as hard. I did reread it like, what? Did that just happen? Hold on a second. Let me read that again. Like, I, I haven't gotten that in, in my <laughs> yet. Um, this um, one, though, we were like, I was like, I just, I remember looking at the book and I'm like, I remember saying out loud, I can't believe that this is happening. <laughs> like I stopped the room. <laughs> I wanted to, but it's one of those things where you have to finish, you know. Or, or did you have the ebook? So throwing across the room would probably be a bad idea. Yeah, no, I, I had an actual paperback that I was reading. But you know, listening to George, if you've listened to any of the interviews with Mr. Martin, you know, he talks about how he had a hard time writing that scene. He actually waited. He wrote the entire rest of the book, and then came back and wrote that scene. Because, you know, everyone everyone gets mad at him because, you know, he likes to kill off people that everybody loves. But, you well, know, he's like... He's you know like, why you know, he's no longer on Twitter, right? Yeah, because he killed off... Yeah, one or four and four characters. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, he, you know, you got to realize that even I get attached to some of these characters. These people have been part of my life for so long. He goes that I feel bad sometimes when I do these things that I know have to be done in order to move the story forward. And he's like, so I, you know, I pushed it off to the last, that was the last thing I wrote before I actually turned it in to be, you know, to the publisher. And, uh, but, you know, they were asked, I saw a video where he was on Conan the other day and they were asking him like, well, have you seen any of the videos of people watching? He's like, well, no. And they're like, showed him. And he was like, so what do you think about that? He goes, oh, that's great. Like that's- <laughs> <laughs> I think he, it's probably because he sympathizes with everybody else. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was writing the story. They ended up dead. It's not my fault. Right. You know, well, the interesting, other interesting things, you know, because he said, you know, he's like, well, he goes, this goes just goes to show because they've talked about how, like, you know, he's in the middle of writing um, The Winds of Winter and he's trying to finish it as soon as he can because he's really worried that the TV show is going to catch up with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, it took him six years to write the last book and they're putting out a season, you know, every year. So he's like, I'm really worried that, you know, at some point they're going to have to go on before I've even written, you know, and he told them, you know, I know that the, the, the producers of the show are, are, there's only three people besides himself that know how it's all supposed to end. One is his publisher, the two producers and himself. Those are the only, and his wife, I think his wife knows. Uh, huh. um, but those are the only people that know like what's supposed to happen and he told them specifically because he's like well you guys might catch up with me you know I might drop dead you know in two years and not be able to, you know same thing that happened with the Wheel of Time you know he was worried that that would happen and he needed to give them direction so but he's like 
you know, they're doing things differently than I've done in the book. You know, they, he's like, they killed four people in the, in the TV show that are still alive in the books. So he's like right there, it's, you know, sets it up for things to happen way differently, you know. So anyway, I want to bring it back. I don't want to segue too far into Game of Thrones. We're, we're losing ourselves in Westeros. But anyway, um, <laughs> what I was referring to, though, is Iron Man 3, which was one we were all looking forward to seeing. Um, right. uh, I saw it pretty close to release. I think it was like maybe a couple of days after. Um, yeah. uh, I was interested by the, the sort of reviews I was getting from friends. Um, I had some friends that thought it was great. I had some friends that thought it was the worst movie ever made. Right. Um, and so that worried me. I was kind of like, I don't know what to say about this. And one of the biggest concerns that kept coming up in, during you know discussions without people giving too much away was they kept saying, he's never, he's like, they're like, he's in the suit for like 10 minutes in the movie. Like, he's not in the suit at all. It's right. him running around, shooting guns, like, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's... So? I yeah, know, well, I know. That's, that's the, the funny thing is, though, I kind of, like, noticed, I'm like, all right, well, because I think Iron Man 2 came on TV a couple weeks ago, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to actually sort of pay attention to how often, how much screen time he's actually in the suit. And he's not really in the suit a whole lot in Iron Man 2 either. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's just a, uh, a, a cost thing or whatnot, but, you know, the scenes that happen with Iron Man actually, like, fighting or doing stuff, it's very short. And, like, in Iron Man 2, there's, like, a scene that happens in the beginning, and then there's, like, a whole lot of nothing that happens throughout the middle of the... And then stuff happens at the end, and that's it. So I don't really think that it's too valid of an argument, although he does blatantly spend time out of the suit. In this movie, intentionally. Intentionally out of the suit. Right. Uh, well, we're, I, I heard the same things you did mm -hmm. when it came to people. Um, how did I put it? Um, some of my friends were like, it was a really good movie if you just listened to it. You mm -hmm. know, if you, rather than rather than um, expect it to be something that it's not, you know? And, and, I, and that, that's how I went into it. Um, the only other comment I had was my brother took, to see, took his kids to see it because my nephew is like a superhero. He's in superhero world right now. And um, so they went to go see it. And they, of course, fell asleep in the middle. Mm -hmm. The kids all fell asleep in the middle when there's plot. When it's like plot, moving along the plot, moving along the plot. Okay, wake up when they're fighting again. Right. You know, because the kids just want to see the action. Um, but when I went to see it, I actually found myself really liking it. Uh -huh. I, I mean, I think for the first time since the first movie, um, I was not a big fan. Truthfully, I was not a big fan of the second movie. Yeah, I and. Yeah, I was not a big fan of the second movie. And then he reignited my interest in him during Avengers. Mm -hmm. And what I liked was that they carried over um, that aspect from Avengers into this movie where he was talking about, like, how how difficult that was for him. Right. You know, and how through that whole thing, like, the whole purpose, the whole reason he wanted to kind of move away from being Iron Man and kind of let Rhodey take over... 
Right. You know, in a way, it was because he wanted to have a life for a change. Right. You know, it was a life-changing experience for him. And it was sort of a, you know, and people were like, oh, boo. You know, kind of like some of my friends were like, yeah, bleh. Iron Man got a conscience. Right. That's not the point. But I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. And it actually moved it along pretty well. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was really interesting and and I kind of I went for it, you know, I kind of fell for it. And then it kind of felt like somebody trying to leave the mafia, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people keep kind of pulling him back in, you know, cuz he can't he can't escape it cuz he's a right. superhero. Right. You know, and and he's also made those mistakes of being that superhero in the limelight and He's now paying for it because now that he wants to go underground and kind of be himself, he can't because guess what? He was a douchebag right. that everybody you know <laughs> learned to hate. Right. So well, now you know. <laughs> well, I, what I think this movie did a good job of sort of doing was making because the first couple movies, you know, he had a very sort of I'm a rich guy and I don't really care about anybody. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Um, nobody can control me. Uh, sort of attitude, which is very Tony Stark. Tony Stark is very uh-huh. much like, but this brought sort of a vulnerability and a humanism to yep. him. Character, it humanized him for a change. Right, because well, he, yep. he was worried about somebody besides himself. Yep, you know, he was worried about, you know, am I going to be able to protect, say, like Pepper, if yep. something were to go wrong, and some, and you know, that's the only person I care about. And now I'm worried constantly that. Because I've been such a douchebag, and I, I've gotten this little glimpse of what's out there, you know, I'm not worried right. that you know what's out there may come and try to hurt me, and right. either hurt if they can't hurt me, they're going to hurt the people that I love. Right. You know. Before he he felt he really it was very teen. I mean, he was very much a immature teenager before, where he was so egocentric. Right. It was like I can. I can deal with anything that comes my way, but hey, once space aliens and things from other dimensions start killing, start coming at you, it's like, oh shit, there's more than this that, and and now I don't know how to act. Well, it felt you know? to me, it yeah. felt to me very much like a movie about, say, like uh, a bunch of young kids uh, during Vietnam, like being all gung ho about signing up and then right. going to war and coming back home and being yeah. like whoa, you know, I'm all fucked up now because I just saw some horrible shit and had to do some horrible right. shit. Or was this the right thing to do? Right. You know, should I? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, that, and that I actually enjoyed. I like that they didn't depend on him being Iron Man to pull the movie for me. You know? and, it didn't, and it didn't get preachy preachy. It was, it moved along really well. I thought mm-hmm. the pace was fine. Right. Um, I thought... You know, I thought that the ending was really interesting. You know, I kind of, I mean, yeah, it was, was it a little bit of a throwaway having all the suits be able to work independently? Okay, sure. Right. You know what I mean? But, but I found it fun watching him like fall out of one suit and drop into another suit. And I mean, that was, you know, it was, it was inventive, you know? Um, and you know, and all that stuff. And then the only thing that really disappointed me in the whole thing was that little, was the little thing you have to wait, for, had to wait for after the credits. Yeah. I was disappointed. Yeah. I waited yeah. all this time through the credits. So, for that. so what, it, <laughs> you know? what, 
what did you I mean what did you think of the big twist oh I thought that I thought it was cool yeah uh, I actually was it was something I didn't expect I was like well yeah yeah <laughs> it, went, it, went a whole, it went in a whole new direction right um I also thought that when Pepper got in the suit at that point when he put Pepper in the suit mm-hmm. that one at that one point when and that was pretty damn cool right you know what I mean? Like I kind of expected people kept telling me there's this huge twist at the end mm-hmm. and I kept thinking it was going to end up being Iron Maiden. Okay. I thought it was going to end up being Pepper. You right. know, he made a suit for Pepper. Well, Pepper in think, the comics was, was uh, in a suit called rescue. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just cause they've, they haven't, you know, just cause they've done some different things, you know what I mean? Yeah. I figured, oh, okay. you know, I thought maybe that it would end up being something, you know, there'd be some kind of twist like that. I didn't expect it to be what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but, but it was kind of nice to see Gwyneth Paltrow and a character that <laughs> wasn't a, uh, a weekend, a weakling. Right. Change. Um, did, did any of you guys see the, how Iron Man three should have ended? Cartoon? No, no, uh, Oh, you sh- you've no. got to watch it. You've got to watch it. It's so funny. Um, and the best part of the, the that to me is they're sitting there and they're like, they're like, you realize that Iron Man three is just the same story as the Incredibles, right? And I'm like, what? And then they're like, <laughs> they talk about it like how they're like, well, yeah, because you were best buddies with this guy and he felt spurned and mad, so then he came back later as a supervillain. And, you know, was trying to kill everybody and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's totally Syndrome from The Incredibles. And I'm like, holy shit, he, he is. <laughs> it makes total sense that way when you think about it. But if you guys get a chance, just just Google how Iron Man 3 should have ended and watch the, mo- the little skit. It's like a four-minute thing. They've done it for Batman and all the other movies. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I was really, I was really happy with Iron Man three. I didn't, I didn't really regret any of it. Um, I, I was a little worried at the whole kid relationship. Like I was like, oh no, this is going to turn into a, a, a kid older guy buddy movie thing, and, and they really handled it pretty well. I thought Shane Black did a pretty decent job of handing, you know, getting handed the director baton. Um, I didn't feel too jarring of a shift, you know, from uh, Favreau. In fact, my one friend that I saw it with, my friend Jeff, he was—he didn't even realize that Favreau didn't direct this one. Um, so there was that. Uh, but yeah, I was really, really, really happy with it for the most part. I didn't even recognize Favreau at the beginning. Oh, really? Oh, no, I was. Well, no, I just when when they when they were in Vienna or wherever oh, they in, were in the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties, I didn't even recognize Favreau. I was yeah. like, "Who is that?" <laughs> it was yeah. funny to me. It's, it's funny. <laughs> um, what do you What do you feel about him? You know, right now there's there's pretty much you know, there's lots of rumors because of the way it ended that you know. Mr. Mr. Robert Downey Jr. He said he's sort of done doing standalone Iron Man films. I think it's smart. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I think three. I think three is enough. 
I think he's. I think the rumor right now is that he's signed on or is negotiating to be in Avengers two and Avengers three, but that he won't be doing any more standalone Iron Man movies. I think so. that that's smart. I think. I think. I think now that they've all been together and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of the individual movies are going to be kind of pushing it too much. Yeah, um, I don't think we really need to get too many more uh, individual films. No, you know? and and if and if Joss, even if it's not Joss, but if if they follow Joss's formula, whoever mm-hmm. ends up directing the future ones, if they follow Joss's formula of being able to give everybody pretty much equal screen time and you know all that kind of stuff i think it would be perfectly fine mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think we need another one yeah you know i'd agree I, what about you you'd be a, what about you jeff you'd be upset if there's no more iron man movies well i wouldn't be upset because right now pretty much all the other ones have only had one <laughs> Right. So, right. so they haven't quite gone through everything. Although, I still, I still feel that Hulk's getting the shaft in this. Yeah, we need more. We need more Hulk. At least one more. Because if they think of it more along the lines, and in, in some sense, in in Avengers, hmm. I kind of did this, and maybe this is how uh, the comic book, uh, in the Indestructible Hulk, came about, where basically Shield decides they want to not hire Bruce Banner. And it'd be like, okay, so... Or actually, no. he Shield's trying to figure out what to do about Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And Bruce actually comes up to them and says, you know what? I'm a genius. Right. I can solve a lot of world's problems. All I need is a group of lab assistants. And, you know, and, and a lab and and resources to do what I want to do to better make the betterment of mankind. Mm-hmm. In exchange, you have me. Right. Meaning the Hulk. So they basically give him a lab. They give him these brilliant lab assistants that they thoroughly vet and interview. And the idea is that on his off times, he's finding ways of making clean energy and then hey there's this bad guy across the street in fact uh, maria hill the the the, in the books the the current director of shield um is is just meeting with him at a um at a diner or something says you know there's this evil genius across the street and uh and uh, uh you know the hulk would actually be pretty handy in it and he goes, oh, really? Well, let me check on this something. And you see behind him Maria Hill with a board about uh-huh. to smack him over the head. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it, this is in the first first Indestructible Hulk book. And I'm like, this is what I want. It's just these, these situations where he's doing his, his brilliant genius science as Bruce Banner. Right. And, it, you know, he's, he's got some control over, over his hulkiness. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, hmm, we need a weapon of mass destruction right now. That's not going to cause, you know, nuclear fallout or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know what? Uh, uh, a green indestructible Hulk guy would probably be very handy. You know, we point him in the right direction. Basically, they shoot and fire that sort of thing. <laughs> and that would be what I would love to see 
in Hulk movies. Uh-huh. So the Incredible Hulk 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> is, is uh, uh, Ruffalo, because I, I really like Ruffalo in the... Well, um, I like, yeah. I, I have my issues with Ruffalo a little bit as Bruce Banner, but, um, but if they, they basically said, hey, look, or he, he purchased Shield, it's like, look, I really want to do some good... If I can get into a nice environment with some great mm-hmm. assistance, you know, basically set up what they did with the Indestructible Hulk, and then, then, Shield comes in and says, "Hey, we need the green guy," and they launch him somewhere, and the whole thing is the build up to that, and maybe a little bit of Banner doing his science sciencey stuff to track things down or something. Um, and, and and his improvements to basically make himself into a weapon, but also a, a force of good for what he does. Um, so I would really like to see more Hulk and more Hulky Hulk. You know, when it, when my favorite line in The Incredible Hulk was literally when Hulk went, Hulk smash! Um, and of course, uh, when Captain America and the Avengers said, Hulk smash! Smash. <laughs> And he just grins. Yeah. <laughs> leaps off. Yeah, my only problem with Ruffalo is that he reminds me of Bill Paxton. So every time I see him, I, I have like this split second where I'm like, that's Bill Paxton. No, it's not Bill Paxton. It's Mark Ruffalo. Okay. <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah, that's there's just, there's just something about him that reminds me of him. Like I could like pull him out and stick him in Twister and like <laughs> he would just <laughs> It's just weird. I don't know. Sometimes I have that with people. Like they remind, for whatever it is, it could not even really be the way they look, but just the way they move. And I like totally like I, he totally reminds me of this other person, and then I have an issue sort of separating the two of them. But uh, yeah, that was my only uh, my only issue with that. Um, but uh, anyway, moving right along. Um, uh, wait, wait, one last comment about uh, yeah? single movies. Yeah. Uh, we need a Black Widow movie. Yeah, I would. We, 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 we need one, and it's basically going to be what we would have. We probably at one point in time originally expected to be Jinx Jordan as the American James Bond. Well, now it should be Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be uh, Scarlett Johansson doing uh, basically a James Bond type movie. I mean, just that one scene in Avengers where she was interrogating the right. mm-hmm. uh, uh, Russians was. Exactly. If they, if they had an entire movie which somehow involved that scene, yeah, mm. uh, you know, that's what I want to see. I really want to see and getting into that character. I think of having these individ these movies of the individual characters mm. are basically uh, in like an analogy to the comic book world, the individual characters' issues. So, so. Captain America has a book, which actually is being really, really strange right now. Um, Thor's book, which is freaking amazing, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is going on. But having these different stories about some other things that are going on on with the characters would be nice. Probably be something that's basically kind of that filler between Avengers movies and doesn't necessarily have to be the same characters each time. You don't do Avengers movie, then you got an Iron Man movie, a Thor movie, a Captain America movie, Avengers movie. Uh, just more of of you know between Avengers two and Avengers three, you have 
another Thor movie. You have a, the uh, a third Captain America movie. But instead of Iron Man, you throw in that Black Widow movie or in a Hulk movie or even a Hawkeye movie, which might be cool. Although we kind of already did that with the uh, Bourne legacy. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I know Mr. Whedon has said that he would love to be able to do something with Black Widow. Um, that he's and a lot of people, you know, are very happy with his, you know, ability to use female characters and not make them just dumb, stupid eye candy on the screen, you know, which is something he's usually pretty good at. Um. So yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing a Black Widow movie. Thor. Eh, I'm not sold on Thor movies. I wasn't too a big fan of the first one and. I guess I'll probably see the second one because I'm sure Chad will want to see it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious as to what's going to pan out with the next Avengers movie because it's just one of those things where it's like second album. Like, you know, he got the band together. They had an awesome first album. Let's see if their follow up <laughs> is going to be as successful. Let's let's hope they don't have the sophomore slump. Yeah. So. But what I was trying to get to um, before we got pulled back into comic book land Sorry. was um, <laughs> Star Trek, um, another one of our big, huge uh, movies that we've been talking about forever, yep. uh, and we, you know, they've been slowly, very slowly leaking out certain things about the movie. Uh, you know, saying, you know, the villain's not this person, it's this person, and then he has this name, and oh, I can't really talk about who I'm playing. You know, and we spent the whole time going, it's going to be Khan. It's going to be Khan. It's going to be Khan. And it was Khan. Um, Damn you, Paramount for lying! <laughs> it was Khan. So well, his name really... is not Khan initially. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I mean... Right. He doesn't so, go by Khan initially. He has to reveal himself as Khan. John John Harrison. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that that ended up being true. And you know, what I really did enjoy though with this is I didn't expect it to be such a uh, uh, direct sort of homage to a lot of the things from Wrath of Khan. You know. Right. Um, but what I do like what Spot, they did Spot, was like Spock going right. well, they flipped of, everything they flipped everything, yeah, they flipped around. everything around exactly but even even you know ignoring the whole wrath of Khan you know similarities um, what I really thought was cool was that they also tied in the original Khan episode from the original series yeah. and the wrath of Khan all in one package and like here's everything you need to know about con and here it is you know um so i was really really sort of happy about that the way they did it um you know i are you a big star trek fan steven i don't know if we've ever really talked yeah no i am not i'm of not of um the newer stuff mm-hmm. um i was a big next generation person uh-huh. um just because that was that was when i was growing up uh-huh. Um, and I was a big fan of the earlier movies, you know, Star Trek, um, it's the, you know, search for Spock. Um, I kind of felt it jumped the shark after the, uh, Star Trek four, mm-hmm. but I did go back for the first contact movies and, you know, and stuff like that. 
Well, are you a believer in the curse? Uh, every other wh- movie, which, thing? right? That the the odd yeah. movies suck and the even movies are good. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I guess I'd I would because that's kind of the ones I've liked the most have been the even movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the odd. Excuse me. No, I've liked the odd movies more. So you've like. You like I liked one. I liked three. Uh-huh. Um, Please don't tell me you liked five. No, no, no. no. I like <laughs> four was okay. Uh, five was not. Uh, I guess I'm kind of off. I, I guess I'm just kind of like the ones I've liked. I guess I do not believe her in the curse then. Okay. But um, but I liked this one. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I would. No. Um. I didn't really care for the first one. I know everybody's going to be like, I didn't really care for it, the reboot. Um, I don't know what it was. I couldn't, I couldn't see these people as these characters. Right. And I think part of it was because in the, it's the first remake, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not where, because in every other, in every other world, there's new captain, new crew, new this. You know, they all evolve. They may reference the people that came before them, but this is the first time they've remade the known cast. Do you know right. what I mean? And, well, it's, and I, I couldn't, but I couldn't, I couldn't fall into the first movie. Well, the thing yeah. about the thing about Star Trek, you know, is it's. Again, like you know, like you say, when they when they launch a new Star Trek franchise and they've got a new cast and a new crew and a new mission and a new ship, right. it's very much easy to digest. When they remake Star Trek, that's like saying, "Here's five new dudes from England, and we're going to call them the Beatles." And right, right, exactly, know? exactly. So it's, it's very hard to take. You're like, "That's not the Beatles. The Beatles will always be these people." Right, you know, it's so it, such it, it an was, iconic image. You just can't accept it. But right. I will say that I I did not have a. I think one of the things is I enjoyed, especially uh, Zachary Quinto. Yes, I was going to pull him so out much that he, yeah. he helped me accept this particular version of this crew. Chris Pine, I was a little on the fence about. Until this movie. Well, I think towards the end of the first movie, I started to feel him being more Kirk-like. Yeah. You know? Um, But definitely, uh, Zachary Quinto helped. Um, I'm still not sold on the whole uh, Simon Pegg as Scotty thing. I'm not sure was the best casting choice for that. Um, I do like Simon Pegg a whole lot, you know, and I enjoy seeing him on the screen, but I just, I can't, I still haven't bought into the, him being Scotty. And, and he wasn't in the new one a whole lot. No. He was, he was really sort of just, he showed up when it was convenient for him to show up. <laughs> they sort of kept the, you know, they kept Scotty and Sulu and Chekhov at a very minimum this time. Yeah. You know, they tried to focus on... Kirk, Spock, you know. Well, and the burgeoning relationship with Spock and Uhura. Right, right. Right. Which makes me laugh because, you know, there was always that sort of uh, 
animosity between the original actors because you had, you know, William Shatner who was like, I'm the star of the show, you know, and the show's about me and we're the main characters and it doesn't matter if Sulu and Chekhov and all them die or get recast or whatever. And it's kind of funny, you know, I don't know if it's intentional or what, but just see that little bit of separation, like this movie's going to focus more on these guys and not so much on these guys, you know? Yeah. Which I'm sure with these, you know, all these actors are very, you know, it's not like a weekly television show where they're going to get their panties in a wad because they didn't get enough screen time. Right. All well compensated for their their stuff. And they're all still relatively young, so they're not fighting over, yeah, that aspect. Um... I did find it funny though that twice, um, twice like when uh, Chekhov when he told Chekhov to take over engineering after he fired Scotty, uh-huh. like he was just like, put on a red shirt. Uh-huh. And Chekhov was like, ah, right. you know. And then at one point when the when the landing party was going down and he was like, take off those red shirts. Right. Oh, that, that was funny. I was like, twice they made a reference to the red shirts. Right. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, overall, I enjoyed it though. This movie, sort of, especially, um, I had seen the beginning of the film because it had gotten uh, leaked because they had showed the first 11 minutes of the film in some Comic Con or something. I don't remember what they did. But I had seen the, the whole scene with them running through the forest and the jumping off the cliff. Yeah, just where it ended. The preview ended there with them dropping off the cliff, um, and I sort of felt that this movie had a very, a much more uh, sort of Indiana Jones sort of swashbuckling feel to it, you know, than than the first one. Uh, but again, you know, you have a whole lot of origin that you have to get out of the way in the first movie, which they didn't have to deal with at all in this one. You were only dealing with Khan's origin. Right. So, um, lens flares all over the damn place. I know. Were you bothered by them this time, though? Um, I noticed them more toward the end. I yeah. think um, where I was kind of like, "Ugh, the entire screen is a lens flare." <laughs> you know, I was because every time they went on, because it was anytime they were in engineering and anytime they were on the bridge. It was lens flare, lens flare, lens flare everywhere, right. and and I was kind of like, really? <laughs> I'm like, you just took it to a whole new level, JJ. Right. You know, you went from like three to eighty five in one right. shot. And so, uh, he was, he was on uh, he was on Howard Stern uh, right before the movie came out. Okay. And it pretty much sounds like I'm pretty sure he's ready to hand off. Uh-oh. And be done with uh, with Star Trek. He's he's in full on Star Wars euphoria right now. Oh, got you. He because you know because Howard asked him. You know they're like well, he's like were you, were you a Star Trek fan? He's like no, I never really watched Star Trek at all. Um, you know he's like well are you a Star Wars fan? He's like oh yes, I'm like a huge Star Wars nerd. So. I think he's ready to be like... He's shooting for it. Yeah, I'm going to focus on these movies because I think, doesn't he already have like... It's, you know, like you can make as many movies as you want deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think so. Oh, uh, um, okay. So, yeah, he's sort of just like... I'm, I'm, 
you know, he didn't come out and say, I'm not, I'm definitely not directing another one, <clears throat> but he pretty much said it without saying it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to be too busy uh, for directing the next three Star Wars movies <laughs> um, to really be worried about Star Trek. So uh, there's that. You can focus on the rumored Star Trek series they're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, rumors. All rumors. Right. I mean, I did, I did like, but I did like the story. The story was okay. Um, I thought the acting was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, I thought, um, how did it put it? I think they used the the female Wilhelm scream like seven thousand times <laughs> as they're falling down. You know, every time people were falling, it was the female Wilhelm scream. You know, but uh, um, but every time, but I think that you know, it, it was it was an interesting concept, no. uh, concept. Wah wah wah. Ah. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Um, and the triple, you mm-hmm. know, some of the references they made, you know, and and I gotta say, bones bones got on my damn nerves in this one, with with all of his. Um, with all of his similes and everything. And I'm glad that Kirk called him on it. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh my God, you're getting on my damn nerves. <laughs> and if he keeps doing this, the entire movie, I'm <clears throat> saying, and then he was just like, stop it with the metaphors bones. That's an yeah. order. And I was like, where do you, yes. where do you get these from? Like, what? The heck? <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that they're willing to do that though. You know, Mm-hmm. They're willing to sort of poke fun and, and and not just accept those sort of things. It's like, well, he's supposed to do it because that's what his character does. And the, you know, the, the, the Kirk character's like, I don't care. It sounds stupid. What are you doing? What are you talking about? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. I like that stuff, though. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was really cool. Um, I haven't started watching it yet, but it's making me want to watch Sherlock because um, he just seems like a really cool actor. Um, I kind of want to see him on more stuff. He did a really good bad guy. You know, so. Yeah, he was very soulless. Mm-hmm. You know, very soulless. You know, I guess because he's been dead for 300 years. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, but... So... Yeah, I was I was overall I was happy with with Star Trek. So so far, um, the major s- summer movie season has been a, a a win-win for me so far. Yeah, been yeah. good. They've been worth seeing. But yeah. no one no one watched The Great Gatsby. Uh, no, it doesn't not. even appeal to me at all. Oh, man, I still wanted to see that. But one thing that I will be seeing. I'm mm-hmm. going to guarantee. I get paid on Monday. I'm going to make sure that by next week. I'm going to have watched Man of Steel. Yeah. Coming out the, the 14th here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's like one of the movies that I'm like, I need to go see this. Right. And I'm buying comics every week. And uh, I'm buying pretty much all the super books. So did you see the new trailer? Uh, I haven't seen the new trailer yet. Though. The trailer's pretty cool. And by the way, by the way, Fuzz, I need—I didn't know which trailer you wanted up, so make sure you. Oh, okay. Add it. 
Okay, because I know because there's like five of them out right now. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't sure. The one that came out today was that oh, okay. the Nokia exclusive trailer. Uh, I didn't see anything with Nokia, and I just saw it listed as final official trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one there, so yeah. I wasn't sure exactly which one you wanted. Yeah, so. it's on my. I'll get it. It's on my Facebook page somewhere. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, Man of Steel definitely. Uh, this final trailer has definitely done a lot to pique my interest. Um, I thought the other trailers were cool. But I still was kind of hemming and hawing about, and I think I'm just fighting the feelings from the last Superman movie. Because yeah, I, that's why I'm not excited about it. I was so excited about the last one, and I mean, I was like a little kid in a candy store. Like I remember getting goosebumps sitting in the theater when the the, the music started playing and they started playing the notes from the original John Williams score, like that whole thing, like just completely, you know, swept me over. And then the movie, it was one of those things where I think I was riding a high through most of the movie. and was kind of like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. And then I went home and went, you know, I really didn't like that a whole lot. And I don't, I feel bad about that. Um, so I think I'm just sort of being cautious because I don't want to get myself worked up again to where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I want to see this and then be disappointed again. So I'm, I'm approaching it with cautious trepidation. Is it just me or is the, is the effects that are available now mm-hmm. are basically the true, like the level of the real Superman? Is everything seems more natural, like the like the 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 floating and the way Superman was oh, in the previous sure. movies were just. I mean, it it made sense. It was acceptable. Everybody just took it. But for some reason, like Superman flying mm. feels really really fast and and right. flying. Like if he wants to be slow, you can see it as slow, but. When he needs to get from one place to another, you f- it's like you feel him break the sound barrier. Right. You know, and yeah, well, like well, I think they're, that, they're able to add a lot of that sort of nuance in now where you couldn't really get that before. Yeah, and I'd like, I, I, um, uh, one of my friends on Google Plus posted in the official Nokia exclusive trailer, mm-hmm. um, which has uh, a couple of shots of. Uh, Kal-El and Zod both using their heat vision mm-hmm. and the heat vision isn't just this like generic laser you know mm-hmm. red line thing it's right. this like burning beam mm-hmm. and it, so it makes it feel more like heat vision you could say uh, so and that's just one thing about at least the trailer that I'm looking at um, makes me more excited to even see the movie is I feel like this is going to actually real feel more like Superman in real life. Right, like he's it? doing stuff like you will be able to the, the his strength isn't is feels more like he actually is strong. Right. 
than, no, than I, I, an I, effect I, of him lifting a car or something. The, the one, uh, the scene I remember from the trailer, um, and I don't remember if it was in multiple ones, but it was definitely in the one from today <clears throat> that gave me goosebumps was uh, seeing somebody get thrown into or punched into a building and the oh, whole the building sort of gets that shockwave sort of impact and sort of buckles in and it just you know it made me laugh because you know remembering the fight from the original uh, Superman 2 you know whenever they got tossed into a building they would just kind of like float through a window you know it was very you know well, they were always thrown through. <coughs> they weren't thrown at the building. Really. Right. You know, so they would always break through a window mm-hmm. and land in the thing. But in this case, they're like <coughs> literally thrown against the building. Right. Right. And you're seeing the weight and the impact of that, you know, so. It, it feels bigger. Yeah, I would agree. And like uh, the the one where he's uh, holding up that scaff, that uh, steel like a crane or something from the oil derrick um it makes that's another one where it makes it feel like he actually is this super human man so it Um, it just feels better than any of the previous superman movies no i would agree with that um you guys keep going i had to step away really quickly and go cough my brains out and get something to drink so (laughs) i'll be right back uh, so let's uh, move into more like past movies because that's really kind of what my month was like. Um, I um, this week was kind of like my movie watching day, or today was my movie watching day. So I pulled up my Netflix queue to see what was in there of movies that I hadn't seen before, and one of them was uh, The Untouchables. Hello. Steven? Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I'd hit my I'd hit accidentally hit mute. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, um I, I wasn't left. Where'd he go? Huh? What? Uh, so have you seen the Untouchables before? Yes. Yes I have. I really like the Untouchables. This was the first time I've ever seen the Untouchables. And I wish I had paid better attention. <laughs> oh really? It's stuff good up. movie. Good movie. Uh, I mean, but from because I I will tell you this that I was doing stuff on my computer and I kept turning around to my TV to to check out what was going on and it, it just the one thing that kind of felt weird was I always thought that Elliot Ness was this was the genius behind everything but he really kind of was the figurehead right right and uh, Sean Connery's character I uh, can't remember his name um, was kind of the mastermind and Elliot Elliot Ness kind of ended up kind of taking the reins. You know, he was like, okay, yeah, this guy's experienced. He knows what he's doing. Let's follow his lead. It kind of like this. And then just Elliot was like, he's like, okay, let's do it. And, uh, kind of got into the swing of things and basically made him a public face. Right. And of, they needed some, they wanted, well, and they, two things. One, they wanted, a public face and number two, they wanted a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody that's, it's their fault. <laughs> if this doesn't go right, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. 
but no, I, I always liked that movie. I've always been a fan. Actually, I need to rewatch it. I think it, I need to rewatch it too. Um, and I think it's definitely a, a rewatchable movie because mm-hmm. you probably, I can just see right now. And I'm just, despite the fact that I didn't have like 100% attention, I did, I did see, feel like even if I was watching everything, I'd probably want to watch it again. Cause I probably missed something. Right. No, I, I think, um, I just find that, that, I'm, you know, like those twenty, those kind of movies, the gangster movies from that time, the twenties, and all that kind of stuff. I actually like them. Oh, I love those type of. I movies. love them, and I love them, and I like them better than like the Godfather side, like time of the movies. It's just something about the. It's just something about the. Um, how, what's the word? What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of like the. The the cars. Mm-hmm. The specific cars that Model T kind of yeah that that they they're driving on the getaway or like yeah uh, that and great the Tommy scene, gun like that was great the Tommy gun especially like yeah, a great yeah. scene in Road to Perdition after uh, uh, Tom Hanks character had a uh, taught his kid how to drive the car and he's he's working on a getaway he's got a Tommy gun out he's just hanging off the side of the car while right. his son is driving and he's like. Yeah, Tommy Gun to, to. It's just something about the, those kind of movies, and this one just had the right cast for it. Mm. You know what I mean? And and I remember, I remember just really liking this movie. That's why I'm like, I need to rewatch this movie. It's one that I liked a lot. Mm. I'd rewatch it again. It was on. Is it streaming right now? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Ooh, I'm gonna add it to my queue right now. <laughs> Well, one one that I think if you want to go something that's uh, more uh, uh, older, uh, the African Queen. Oh right, mm-hmm. with uh, Bogart and Hepburn. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's kind of a weird movie, honestly. Uh, but it's it's kind of this nice story, uh, uh, being uh, of these like two kind of opposite people. I got, I got so mad at Audrey Hepburn and and her brother um, uh, at the beginning of the movie where uh, Bogarts are they're in their room and they're offering him some tea and bread and butter and his stomach is rumbling. Right. And I'm like, dear God, ladies, she said, oh, my God, you must be starving. Let me get you some real food. <laughs> That is real food. Him. It's like, would you like more tea? Have some bread and butter. And I'm like, oh, come on, lady. I know. You got some meat. Yeah, and, and he's being his polite self, not asking for anything. Of course, yeah. And then the the changeover with the, the Germans and then them going downstream and she wanting revenge and them falling in love okay so i've been i've been listening i've never seen um the african queen Mm -hmm. um but what from what you're talking about i haven't like what's what's the movie actually like what's the synopsis of what it's about like well it takes place in africa obviously um, how do I describe it? Um, Humphrey Bogart plays. So it's uh, not a RuPaul drag movie, is what you're saying, right? 
Okay. Exactly. It is so, not BB, but Zahara Panay. No. Okay. Uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart plays uh, a riverboat captain mm-hmm. on, a, on a river where um, Hepburn's character is a. Uh, with his her uh, brother on a mission trip and 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 trying to preach the gospel to the natives of Africa. Okay. Uh, I mean, it even starts off with uh, him trying to get the or tr- them trying to get some a uh, congregation to sing some hymns, and it's complete, very very awful. It's terrible. Um. And uh, Bogart, uh, Charlie Allnut, and is is just somebody who travels up and down the river providing supplies for people. Mm. And th- this is a start of World War One, I, I believe. I don't think there's just two. I think there's just one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, the Germans end up kind of taking over the area and they round up the natives and take them to camps and burn down their homes and just these awful, awful things. But, uh, the <coughs> mission, uh, uh, they, they leave, um, uh, the mission alone, but, uh, they beat on the Reverend, um, uh, mm-hmm. brother. And, uh, he ends up dying of, a fever or something and that because they haven't gotten really gotten supplies or much and, well finally all night comes back and and says we got to get out of here hop on the boat we'll, we'll get out of here so they grab some supplies and leave and it's about this trip which uh mr Allnut, yes miss by the way it's like every sentence every conversation says says mr Allnut, mr Allnut. Mr. Allnut, Mr. Allnut, Miss, 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 Miss. Well, Miss, <laughs> and it's like over and over again, which was one thing that was kind of annoying. I was just kind of noticed, Mr. Allnut, <laughs> and uh, she comes up with this, or, or they hit some rapids, and she's been scared this whole time. She's upset because she's just prim and proper woman, and they hit these rapids and. And it's just a, she ends up kind of getting exhilarated and she's like, like, where can we go? How can we escape? Oh, there's this boat that's in this lake way, 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 way down the river. We could figure out a way to torpedo them with some of the supplies on board. And they make these makeshift uh, torpedoes. But it's also about this trip and what they, their trip is down to this, this lake at the end of the river. Okay, so what I, I guess I'm trying to gather from this because I haven't really quite gotten it. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it a? It's a. It's it's a drama. I mean, there's some comedic moments, but it's, it's kind of a romance in some sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's cool. Like I said, and when this is from when? When when was this? 1939. Okay, so way yeah. back when. Yeah, you guys know my like previous aversion to watching old 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 movies movie. so that's probably it's why color. I don't, that doesn't, <laughs> I don't, it's just one of those movies where I'd have to sit down and make the time to, to watch is it streaming somewhere yeah it's on Netflix sweet all of these movies I've seen all streaming on Netflix gotcha cool uh, the last thing I, I watched was uh, A Fish Called Wanda Fine. love it um I've got mixed feelings, but mainly because there was a lot of muting going on. Mm-hmm. And going back to stuff I was doing on the computer, 
during the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I do have to say that each of the characters like had their thing, uh-huh. and it just kind of kept going. So yeah. like uh, Kevin Klein's just crazy charismatic um, character, mm-hmm. and then uh, 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 Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis is uh, I'm I'm gonna uh, seduce everybody. Right, right. <laughs> but still, like, you know, get the points. I can do my job and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, my favorite part about that was uh, her, <laughs> how she uh, got off on people speaking in Get Italian and especially Russian in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cleese, of course, is a hoot. Right. Um, yeah, I can relate to the language thing, so. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with the, um, uh, what's the guy with the stutter? Oh. <laughs> uh, it, 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 and it's just, he ends up just kind of like, you need to do this. You need to, you need to off this woman. And it's just these right. kind of side scenes. Right. It's like kind of like the, an intermission in between <coughs> of the main stories with Jamie Lee. With, right. It was uh, Michael, uh, Michael Palin, right? Uh, yes, Michael Palin did Ken Pyle. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Now that I brought it up, <laughs> DP Page. Um, and uh, and it's just his story about his goose trying to off this woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yes. just how, just how how Jamie Lee Curtis just kind of like started to or uh, to kind of convulse and and just kind of like get turned on as uh, John Cleese did his Russian. Yeah, I think A Fish Called Wanda was my first exposure to uh, Monty Python veterans outside of Monty Python. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, because before then I'd only known them for, you know, the Monty Python films and the Monty Python show. And so it was really nice to see. And it's, I remember, I haven't seen that movie in... God, I don't know how many years, but I remember thinking that movie was awesome when I saw it. Um, so that's definitely one that I'll have to put on my need to revisit list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, here's a question. Has uh, Chad seen it? Um, I'm going to say <laughs> no. Uh, I could be wrong. But the, I'm gonna, the, the, I, the likelihood that he has yeah. seen a movie when we ask if he has. <laughs> yeah. Wait, speaking of which, has has there been a recent uh, movie Chad hasn't seen yet? Um, not one that's come up in discussion because usually it's me sort of trying to relate something like, oh yeah, it's like the movie this or like what happened in this movie and he'll just kind of look at me blankly and I'll be like... You've never you, seen have, you haven't seen that, have you? And he's just like, no. And I'm like, oh. It's like, that. that's usually how those come about. Those You're are like, next! <laughs> it, well, I try, if I have my phone handy, I try to I try to post those right away so I don't forget. But, um, yeah, that's that's how those, those it, these are totally not like me just asking, like, have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. Have you? It just it's like, up it has to come up in natural conversation where I'm like talking about something or trying to relate something to another movie or something. And he'll just have like, he'll be looking at me like, yeah, never seen it. Like, Damn. See, that's my favorite segment for this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's the movies chat hasn't seen. Movies chat has never seen. <laughs> and then we're like, what? 
Yeah, that's it's like the red wedding reaction sometimes with some people. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> what? But, yeah. So yeah, there hasn't been any recent movie shed has never seen come up. I anyway. Yeah. Also, recently I revisited Green Lantern. Why? I I, I like I that movie. That. I'm sorry. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, didn't didn't we didn't we tear that apart? Didn't we tear that apart the first time? I thought so. I like. I know. I was like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I think part of it was it was just reading um, the current issues of Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and it was like, God, I want to see like live action version of this and I think it was more about the effects which I still really like the effects yeah I was given um, I was given uh, my friend Braden a hard time during Tidal Wave because he's got this really 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 awesome tattoo of the Green Lantern on his right calf mm-hmm. I mean it looks like somebody took one of those fathead vinyl wall clings and like stuck it to his leg that's how vibrant it is and I was just like you didn't like that movie, did you? And he's like, oh, God, no. I'm like, doesn't it make you sad that that movie was so bad? And he's just like, I cried. <laughs> so, so that always makes me think, oh, the whole time I'm in Disney and he's walking in front of me, I'm like, Green Lantern movie, Green Lantern movie. Uh, you got it? Okay, separate it. Green Lantern is Green Lantern. It's a, it, You can also think comic books. Yeah, I know, but I was never—I never read any of the Green Lantern comic books. So, oh, and with all—all all of the Lantern cores. Yeah. Red, yellow, orange, green, blue. Uh, I mean, sure, kid, Green Lantern was always one of those like B-list sort of superheroes. Like he just sort of showed up on you know an episode of the Super Friends and did something with his ring, and I was like, oh okay. But yeah. he was never like one of the like, oh my god, it's the Green Lantern for me, you know. So. Well, I have, a, I have a different feeling for Green Lantern. A lot of people do. A lot of people just, love. Just that that scene where he's standing there trying to push away Parallax, which wasn't really Parallax, but that's a long story. Um, and and he recites the oath, and it's just, ugh. Kind of, it, it's a Hulk smash moment for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh. I have, okay. I, I've got a thing. So that's what I got to see this movie. Actually, I think I actually watched, also watched Avengers around that time, too. But yeah. We've talked about that off. Uh, okay, so. Well, um, I can go through. I'll go through mine pretty quickly. Okay. Um, the ones that I saw off um, were The Guilt Trip. Mm-hmm. First Seth Rogen movie that I really just liked outright. Mm-hmm. Um. Barbara Streisand was hilarious. Yeah. Um, definitely recommend this was, and it was funny. I saw this right around mother's day cause they were really selling it. You know, we're trying to get a mother's day gift kind of thing. And, um, I just happened to pick this up at the red box. That's what I picked it. And, uh, I really liked it. It was just a funny movie. Um, <coughs> And just how naive you know people can be, and um, it, it reminded me a little bit—not not all, but you know—a little bit like how my mom and I are mm-hmm. at times, where sarcasm or things can be misunderstood, or you know, it just you know, it's it's basically not everything is roses between you right. know the, the mother-son relationship kind of thing. Right. 
um, and and but it was but it was very actually pretty realistic, and I think the two of them did a really good job together. Um, so I definitely think it's worth seeing. Um, noobs, um, it's basically the guild in a movie, um, and uh, except not as good, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it uh, it is does star Jay of Jay and Silent Bob, so it's him um, as a you know kind of he's a clan leader of right. uh, like a WoW clan kind of thing. Right. Um, well, not really a WoW clan. No, no, I, I shouldn't no, say no, 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 no. Clans but, are not a WoW thing. That's a guild, and that is not what a clan is. A clan is more of a group of people from, uh, that's more of like Halo. Yes, I was just about to say that. I said wow, and I didn't mean to say wow. You just cut me off right as I was about to say it. Totally gamer nerd you down. Yeah, uh, you you nerd me, you nerded me out. No, but it, yeah, it was more of a Halo kind of game. And they're trying to um, come together to play a tournament you know, against people. And it's just funny how, when they go to meet who the people are that they, um, that they're fighting against, you know, it's like, they think this group of guys is like this really big group and they're all 12 year olds, (laughs) you know, like kind of stuff like that. Um, they're all like 35 years old in this clan with exception of one who's like 18. You know, and it's, so it's it's there's some funny stuff in it, um, but it's just it's one of those ones. If you're again into gaming and stuff, it's probably worth your time. Um, although you'll probably be mad because they're making fun of you, um, but get over it because the rest of the world we think it's funny. Um, and then bully, um, if you haven't seen it yet, really making me laugh, Stephen. God damn it! <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then Bully, if you haven't seen it, um, oh my God, you're gonna cry. That won't and, make you laugh. No, it won't make you laugh at all. <laughs> oh, not at all. From um, one end of the spectrum to the other. I know exactly. It w- yeah, we're talking like laughter to cry, mm. or, um, or or pissed off. Uh, that too. That too. Um, it's just that you know the one the one in particular that just really gets me is this boy who is um he's kind of he's kind of odd looking mm-hmm. and he's developmentally disabled to um to some point um <laughs> probably more on the autistic spectrum you know mm-hmm. than developmentally disabled but he um oh, but this poor kid like he thinks that these kids are his friends wow. you know what I mean and and yet every day he they punch him they hit him they're doing stuff, you know, I'm like, oh, it's just, oh. You just you want know, to go and smack the kids? Like, oh, God, yes. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, these are real. I mean, they follow them around. They're, they're following them around with cameras, and these kids are doing this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and then there's one about, um, I think it's Oklahoma or Nebraska, which I remember, but where um, a girl came out in high school. And her high school immediately, you know, kicked her out kind of thing. Mm. And, oh, God, just the certain, I mean, it's all this stuff. And it, it's just one of those ones that's just like, it just tugs at your heartstrings. Actually, you guys may have seen part of this, part of it. Um, 
one section of it where the kid is on the bus has become mm-hmm. like a national PSA for the bully projects. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you see this, if you see this little section of about where there's a kid on the bus and these kids are hitting him, mm-hmm. and it says something like, you know, all, most of our kids witness bullying. Tell them not to be passive and do something about it. If you see that commercial, that's mm-hmm. from Bully. That's a piece from Bully. Um, okay. It's just such. I mean, oh, it's just a tug at your heartstrings. Totally worth seeing. It's on. It's on um, streaming now, and it's also available in Redbox. Okay. Um, so it's a, get... It's available for, to view for free at Hitless. Okay. Yeah. But see it. See it. It's so. I mean, it's worth seeing. Um. You know, it's one of those ones like there's very few documentaries that I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to see this. But there have been a few that I've hit in this past year, um, like Erasing Hate, the one I talked about last time, and then this one, totally worth seeing. And then, of course, I'll always tell people to to see um, The Bridge. Ugh. Well, that's another one, everybody. But it's not. Yeah, that I've, seen, I've seen the bridge. <laughs> that one's harder to get. That one's harder to get. But ugh. Um, and then for again for the gamers out there, I just thought I watched this because it was online, and I thought it was interesting. But there's a, a new Halo themed um, live action movie called Forward mm-hmm. On. Um, I'm not going to say that I was particularly excited about it, you know, but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's check it out. And um, at first, I kind of thought it was going to be more like Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way it was kind of starting out. Mm-hmm. But then it got really interesting because it's more of like, um, it's not necessarily the hate, the what you would think. Like, they're not all out. It's, it's like kids who are recruits to become mm-hmm. Halo people. So it's it's a little bit more of them on that end um, of getting ready to go out into the field and stuff, okay. and cool. then something happens. There's an you know, and then an invasion. So um, so if if you're if if you like that kind of stuff, if you like the sci-fi genre, and if you like Halo and stuff like that, I think it's worth checking out. And again, it's streaming on Netflix. So check it out. Cool. And. Nice. Um, the only other two things I have are movie coming out tomorrow, which I'm super excited about, or Friday, mm-hmm. is The Purge. Oh, looks so good. Yeah, I don't, even think I've, my alley. I don't even think I've seen anything about it. Oh, you have to see it. Okay, okay. quick, the quick nerdy version. Mm-hmm. America in the future. Mm-hmm. In order to let people have one day... Of one or twelve hours, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, where they can let out all their fears and frustrations and PTSD and all that kind of stuff. There's twelve hours. It's from midnight to noon on this one day a year, where they suspend all rules. Okay. No laws. No law enforcement. No EMS. No nothing. You can do whatever you want. Wow. And people, yeah, it's a, it's some kind of thing that they come up with. They call it the purge each year. So you hmm. get out all of your anger and angst, and, and you cannot be held accountable for whatever you do during that da- that day. So if your coworker's been driving you nuts for tapping his pen for all year, you can, like, walk over and break his finger? Yeah, or you can, <laughs> kill him. Or you can shoot him in the head. Right. 
yeah, that yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so it was interesting. It's an interesting concept. It's like and, down on a global scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it the it's just it comes off very the strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, like so, which you know, of course, I love the strangers. Mm-hmm. Right, Jeff's favorite movie. Oh, uh, yes, Thriller. <laughs> Isn't the like the the mask? It was like the, the masks. Uh, I was yeah. thinking it was like because they looked familiar. Yeah, it comes off very much like the strangers. Um, so, but check out the. I mean the the uh, the trailer is crazy. So that can only imagine what the movie is going to be like. It just looks so good. And then um, I caught the other day um, the new the new trailer. There's two trailers out. There's a short trailer, and then there's the next trailer. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the second trailer. Mm-hmm. It looks so good, <laughs> so good. It is right up your alley. Oh my god, we loved red, but that red is one of our best reviewed reviewed. reviewed. We're reviewed movies. Oh, that wait, 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 wait. We moved on. I didn't notice the transition. Oh, not Red Dawn. No, 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 no. Oh, Red. Yeah, Red. Sorry. No, we we moved on. I thought we were still talking about The Purge. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was my fault. <laughs> no, Red. Like... Red. Mm. Uh, but R-E-D. Retired, extremely dangerous to you. Yeah. Sorry, Bruce Willis. And... Um, you know, yeah. Oh my God, John Malkovich. Oh, the best. Yeah, a, a movie that I actually like John Malkovich in. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite, my favorite is in this. Well, in this, um, in this incarnation, mm-hmm. and they say it in the in the trailer, so it's not a surprise. Apparently, Helen Mirren. Apparently, uh, Bruce Willis's character has now become top ten on Interpol's list. Of, yeah. you know, most dangerous people, so, <laughs> like hitmen out on him, and yeah. there's some some South Korean hitman that's coming at him, mm-hmm. and Helen Mirren has also been given a contract to kill him. Oh wow! I'm sorry. Right. I'm going to have to kill you now. Yeah. So it's sort of like yeah. So the whole thing is like, I just thought I'd go ahead and give you a heads up. <laughs> I'm going to be coming off to you, you know, kind of like. Right. So have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Right. You know, kind of thing. Like it's sort of like, and I think when she's doing it, she's like pouring acid on a body or something in the video. In the nice. Like, Jesus. You know, but um, you have to see. That, I mean, it just just from watching the um, the trailer. I already know that I'm going to love this movie because I loved the first one. It was one of our best reviewed movies I think we've had in, you know, the three years of the show. Right. So um, I definitely think it's worth seeing and check out the check out the trailer when you get a second. Yeah, we've never gone back and like compiled all our all our reviews to see like what our outcomes were, have we? No, but I just yeah. remember. I just remember that when we saw this one, it was during that time we were watching a lot of Bruce Willis. I think yeah. um, we had. To, I think he's the one <laughs> between him and Nick Cage. I think those are two actors that we've probably watched the most movies they've been in. Right. Um, I think that was just a fortunate coincidence or something. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't intentional. I just think it was sort of like a bunch of movies that he just happened to be in at that time. Yeah. Um, but. 
but I think that that was during that point though, where we, we just, we weren't sure about it. And then we all saw it and we were like, Oh my God, that was awesome. You know? Um, so I can only imagine that this one, I'm hoping this one's going to be just as good. And at least looking at the trailer looks, looks good. Right. Well, the the only other thing that I have, and, and I'm sort of doing a throwback to the way we used to do June is I, I picked a, uh, an LGBT documentary, um, which is called Out Late. Uh, and it's really interesting because basically it's focusing on uh, the stories of five individuals, the coming out stories of five individuals who are all in their 50s or older when they came out. Uh-huh. Um, so I put it in my queue the other day, so I need yeah. to watch it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, they have a... a some like the the first stories about this uh, lady who's a lesbian and she came out when she was seventy nine. Um, wow! And yeah, I mean, and it, I just found it really sort of interesting because you don't really get a lot of uh, perspective from from people who in that situation. You know, a lot of these people were people who have had, um, you know. Lie, had complete lives, gotten married, had children. Um, you know, their, maybe their spouse had passed away, and they decided, you know, I, you know, I've been living this sort of false life for the last forty some years, and I'm gonna be who I am. You know, and it, you know, it shows the reaction of some of the, um, you know, some of the family members and stuff, and. It, it has a pretty good span of people, and it, it keeps it pretty interesting. Um, the different parts of the country. Um, there's a one of the ones that I found interesting was another was a, a um, in Kansas. It was a, a a couple, a lesbian couple, who I think they lived together for quite a long time, like twenty some years, but neither one of them had ever actually officially come out, like told anybody like we're gay. Like we're partners, we're together, until they were in their fifties. And the interesting thing was that these these this couple lived next door to uh, next lived next door to a straight married couple, and they were like best friends, and did everything together, went on vacations together. Um, but you know, being Kansas during the when Kansas like almost unanimously passed that amendment in their constitution, you know securing the rights of uh, you know marriage being between a man and a woman that sort of forced uh, well not really forced but made them feel motivated to sort of come out and when they did it sort of caused some tension between <coughs> their friends who they'd known for 20 some years and in the back of their head they'd always known that they were gay that they were a couple but since nobody ever talked about it they were able to sort of ignore it and as soon as they sort of brought it up, it caused all this tension and strife. And it just, it was sort of, it was really interesting to watch and hear sort of the rationale, especially in the straight couple, the wife seemed to have the biggest issue with it. And the husband right. seemed to be like, well, I don't really care. Like, you know, they do whatever they want to do. It's not for me to decide, you know, what's right and what's wrong for them. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, there was a, uh, they do have a transgendered individual, um, uh, which was the last story, and he 
um, basically decided he was going to start uh, pursuing his life as a woman. I want to say he was maybe 68 or 69. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting to watch, though, you know. There, I, there are several movies. I mean, I put that one in there because I found that really interesting, I think, mm-hmm. last week sometime. Right. And there's a, there were sev- there's a bunch of newer um, gay movies that are out mm-hmm. that came up on. Um, and I think a lot of it probably had to do with President Obama's, you know, in, you know indoctrination that June mm-hmm. is going to be Gay right. History Month. Um so I, I put a bunch of them in my queue to watch for this month. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because I was going to watch them um, it, rather than, you know, kind of in the – because, of course, I'm going to have to see World War Z this month. Right. God. Um, you know, so I know I'm going to have to watch at least one non-gay movie. Right. But, um, you know, but I'm going to watch – I had planned on watching several of the ones that I had put in my queue – for my past movies. Oh, and the one um, that I saw at the festival last year, Gaby, mm-hmm. um, the one where I, th- I told you guys about the girl, the girl, the gay guy and the girl who want to have a baby together. Right. It's on, it's on streaming now. Oh, okay. So one of the festival movies is coming around. Sweet. Um, totally. So if you get a second worth seeing. Are you going to ever try the, uh, uh, the, the pride month movie challenge? Uh, I have not 30 gay movies in 30 days. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I that's can't a, right that's now. A, that's, that's a whole lot of gay. Um, hey, I did it. A, I know. You were just a wait. Hold up. I just I got my you fill just, of gay. I was gonna say you just came <laughs> back from Gay Days. I know. In Orlando, Florida. I'm I'm full for a year. Yeah, I'm like, you're like, I got my... Oh, wait, wait, maybe I should rephrase that. Oh, gross. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I didn't think about that until you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. There's, I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to say things, and everything in my head is just coming out all wrong. <laughs> be dirty. Oh, gross. <sighs> that was even worse. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) But I was very happy to see Ray this weekend. Yeah, it was awesome to be able to see you, man. Also, here's a shovel. (laughs) Huh? Here's a shovel to help you dig. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I had gotten to see him more, but unfortunately, I was not feeling really great. Right. I felt well enough to go to Tidal Wave, and then after that, I kind of slept the rest of the weekend. (laughs) I I don't blame you. I was recovering from from something from well I, I can't call it bear flu because I had it before bear pride <laughs> finally I was finally feeling well enough thankfully to, to, to take the trip so um, yeah I had a lot of fun um, I think we're definitely planning it again next year the the challenge is going to be for me uh, my I just got a save the date wedding notice from my nephew and they, his he's getting married uh, to his fiance in Disney somewhere on April 5th next year. Oh, so, gotcha. <laughs> but, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, so yeah, I had a good time. It was great seeing you. I had fun floating around with you in the <laughs> wave pool. Um, we had, yeah, we hung out in the wave pool. 
Yeah. Oh wow, that was good times. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, and I met yep. all of his friends from Canada. Yeah, I brought, I'm Canada. I brought a gaggle of Canadians with me this year. <laughs> the so. Canadians. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met someone who knew Jeff. Isn't that what it was? <laughs> um, remind me. A, uh, a, 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 a bouncer at a club, a certain bar <laughs> in Austin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I, I, I was rooming with him, so. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Hmm. No, I'm I'm very I'm very very familiar with uh, Jason. <laughs> yeah, his 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 boyfriend was my lived with my husband for six months when he moved to Austin. So oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So yep. <laughs> no stories, Jeff. No, no. no, no. <laughs> do I ever have stories? <laughs> I mean, how often do I go out? <laughs> Yep. All, All right. right, guys. All right. Sounds great. Yep. Next. See you next month. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. See you. Bye. And I'll, hopefully, I'll have actually gone to the theater. <laughs> well, there's enough gay movies to keep you busy for 30 days. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I knew how to quit you. That'll do, dude. That's the worst of my ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. They're looking at you, kid.